You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast from the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mates from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blogging community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Today's episode of the show is going to be on an impressive win, maybe the best win of the Nikola Jokic Michael Malone, Gary Harris era. Quite possibly. It sucks that it was a travel day with Easter following, unable to get this one hot off the presses. But I told you before um, the game began, that could be a good omen. <laughs> it seems like this year, every every time I'm unable to do a show immediately after, it turns out to be a Nuggets win. And not just a Nuggets win, but a notable one. And this one was no different. This was a heck of a win um, for the Denver Nuggets. It was such a win. That I felt like it was, and I could be wrong. Knock on wood. You never, you you, you never want to overstate these moments. But it certainly felt like a coming of age moment for the Denver Nuggets. It felt like a hurdle um, was overcome. It felt like Denver had figured some things out about themselves. And look, I think most people think, and still, and probably especially think now that the Denver Nuggets are the better team uh, in this series, and and not necessarily, you know, not by a wide margin. I mean, obviously, it's two two. Um, you know, the Spurs are perfectly capable of beating the Nuggets and still are. But I think at their best, Denver is at least comfortably better than the San Antonio Spurs. But there was always that experience sort of mental edge factor. And this was a game the Spurs had kind of done some things and revealed some things about the Nuggets through three games, um, revealed their shortcomings, uh, revealed some of their weaknesses. And I think Denver responded in game four by, first of all, shoring up many of those and just sort of overcoming them with effort and focus and execution and confidence. But then also kind of reminded Denver that, hey, we do some things really, really well as well, and um, and and when we put it all together, we could be pretty good. The second, the, the last three quarters of, of that game, game four, I think is the best Denver has played in quite a while, um, which is encouraging because for so long we've been sitting here saying, you know, since the All-Star break, Denver just hasn't looked like themselves. Yeah, Murray has had a hot quarter. Jokic has, you know, been good. Beasley's been hot, whatever. Um, but they haven't looked good for a whole game, and I guess – you know, the first quarter maybe you can throw out a little bit, although I'm going to talk about that and, and why I think that was um, disguised, made Denver look worse than what they actually were. I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. But the last three quarters, Denver looked like a team that belongs in the Western Conference Finals or belongs at least in the conversation um, as as the third best team out West. You know, Houston and Golden State still, I think, in their own tier. But Denver looked like the team worthy of their record, and that's what's so encouraging. So segments one and two today. Um, and, and heavily on uh, the games. Segment three, maybe a little bit more uh, big picture. If we get time, I'll probably cut. Uh, tomorrow I have Matt Moore on the show. We recorded today a really good 45-minute podcast. In an effort to cut that down, I might share just a five-minute segment that I found interesting and sort of end this episode with that. So um, lots of good stuff to get to. Let's get let's jump right on into it. Um, Jokic, it's, it's worth noting, I thought Jokic seemed a lot more relaxed and low-key in this game. I thought Michael Malone did too. In games two and three, I thought Michael Malone seemed stressed out. Um, just some nervous energy from him, and maybe he knew something about his team. I think Michael Malone is very good at having the pulse of his team, um, and that's one of the things that makes him so great. Maybe he knew something about them not just not quite buying in. Maybe there was something that happened in the two days off between game three and game four that gave him confidence. One of the things I find interesting, Paul Millsap after game three guaranteed a win for the Denver Nuggets. And... 
asked after the game four win why he felt so confident. He said, "When we are locked in, and when we are, we like when we're when we're bought in, I know you know very few teams can beat us. I know what level we can play at, and we don't lose." And Maybe he knew, but maybe Paul Millsap knew the team would be locked in for game four. Maybe Michael Malone knew the team would be locked in for game four. Um, and, and just it seemed like Jokic, Millsap, uh, Malone, they all seemed a lot more lighthearted coming into the game. So that was noteworthy. Um, Jamal Murray hitting a three on the second possession of the game, I think, was noteworthy. Um, you know, he his struggles in the series are well publicized. Um, so for him to kind of get a rhythm shot and shoot it with confidence early on was big. We got to talk about the starting lineup. You know, it was, you've listened to the show long enough. You know that this was, that, that everybody in the world can agree that this was long overdue. I, everybody besides Will Barton, I'll talk about him a little bit later, could agree that this was well overdue for a couple reasons. One, you could just say for matchup reasons. Torrey Craig brings an element to the team defensively um, that I think the team needed. One of the things you can say about Game 4, and perhaps about the series going forward, Derek White is the X-Factor, and not even the X-Factor, I think he's the most important player in this series on either team. And not that he's the best player by any means or anything like that, but when he's the best player on the court, the Nuggets are going to lose. He's not the best player in the series, so when he's the best player on the court, the Nuggets are going to lose. So if you can slide Gary Harris to him, and Gary Harris absolutely shut Derek White down in this game. An impressive, I'm going to talk about Gary a little bit later, but just an impressive game from him. You could shut him down, you take away that X factor. Now the Spurs are going to have to beat you with you know, what they do well, which I just think what Denver does well is better than what they do well. But one of the things the Spurs do well is DeMar DeRozan. He can, he can get buckets. Um, he had 19 points in this game on 7 of 13 shooting, so an efficient outing. But I think if you watch the game, Torrey Craig did a fantastic job on him. And limiting him to 13 shots is as important as the efficiency. So just keeping him to 19 points, Torrey Craig was absolutely fantastic. So to me, it was the right choice. I know a lot of fans wanted Malik Beasley um, to be the starter. I understand that sentiment. Malik Beasley spreads the court well, and you can say, okay, Jokic is going to eat. But here's the thing. I think the Nuggets, they've shot the ball really well, or, or really poorly, and I think it's disguised some of like what Denver is capable of doing. And then equally as important, Denver not being able to get stops against the Spurs, I think puts them at a, def uh, a disadvantage um, in the half court. Being able to get stops really allows Denver to kind of create advantages in transition. Even if they're not fast break points, it just allows them to pay with, play with some pace. And Denver, the, it, it's weird to say this because Denver's not necessarily a, a super athletic team. It's far more athletic than the San Antonio Spurs. So being able to get some stops and get out in transition, um, I think was huge. So Malik Beasley, Malone even talked about, he really likes the rhythm that Malik Beasley has established over the course of the season with Monte Morris and Mason Plumley. Those guys have sort of been, um, the, the backbone of that second unit, the three of them together. And I, I happen to agree with him. Malik Beasley is fantastic. He plays a lot of minutes with Jokic anyway, and those minutes have been very good. But me personally, I like the decision to go, uh, with Torrey Craig there. Um, Clearly, Barton needed to come off the bench, and clearly he just um, needed sort of a reset. So uh, so I, I, I think it was the clear and right call there. 
Um, Jokic got a bucket on the short roll early in this game. And one of the storylines, I did a thread on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, um, make sure you, you check it out. I'll be I'll probably share it again at some point tomorrow. But you can just kind of see I had a thread of a bunch of videos. One of them was that, you know, Denver was getting some shots on the short roll to Jokic. And you've listened to the show all year. You know this was a talking point, especially early on. If you can get Jokic the ball rolling on the, rolling to the free throw line or, you know, that, that floater zone, Jokic is as good as anyone in the NBA at that. That's that zone, any big in the NBA at that zone and not just scoring the basketball, but making plays, you collapse the defense and uh, you can shoot over the top. You can kick out, you can run a DHO on the other side, um, play some backside action. Denver did a great job of doing that. And I'll talk about a, a, a couple reasons why one of them, Jamal Murray has really struggled in this series with Derek White chasing him and contesting him from behind. Um, Derek White, a fantastic defender, puts an enormous amount of effort. He's long. Uh, he can really guard. Well, Jamal Murray, not the quickest guy. The The way the Spurs guard that Murray-Jokic pick and roll, they drop Aldridge or whoever's guarding him. It's Pirtle. They drop him into the paint and kind of just take away the painted area, take away those the layups and, and, and even the short floaters and then force him into kind of a either a mid-range pull-up um, which Derek White does a great job of contesting, or into a floater, which Jamal Murray can make, but you know you want Jamal Murray to make that floater as a counter. Not you don't want him shooting like eight, nine floaters a game. It's not that efficient of a shot. So um, one thing Jamal Murray did in this game, whether by design or just by accident, I'm honestly not sure. I would guess it was more by design because it happened three or four times. As he turns, especially in side pick and rolls, as he turns the corner on the screen, first of all, Jokic did a much better job of setting hard, like, physical screens. There is a time for the brush screen where you don't actually make contact, but you try to force the defense to go over. You know, Jokic, very, very good at those because, um, in theory, you get a defender chasing and then you can kind of attack the basketball. But the way they're dropping, setting a hard screen, I think, is probably better. And maybe the Nuggets will continue to do that going forward because it opens up that mid-range. But the adjustment Murray has made is rather than kind of turn the corner on that uh, – that screen and walk to the free throw line or free throw line extended for that pull-up jumper. Derek White can contest him there. So what he's been doing is taking an extra step wide towards the outside, making it almost more of an angled like bank shot zone. And by doing that, now Derek White, rather than just turn the corner and have to jump to contest, he has to take like a step or two running into the contest. Um, so it just creates a little bit more space. And I think as a result, both Murray has gotten um, and not just Murray, but also Monte Morris, Gary Harris, gotten a little bit more space to operate and to go into that mid-range pull-up, but it's also dragged the defense over a little bit more to open up spots for the mid-range. I think this is a thing that, again, whether by design or by accident, I think Denver can kind of go to again and again to, to force the Spurs to change up the way that they're defending those actions. of this game I mentioned it got ugly Denver falls down 12 and not just falls down 12 but LaMarcus Aldridge to end the quarter has a tomahawk put back dunk to push the lead up to either 10 or 12 and you know this was pressure time for Denver I can't state how much it felt like the Nuggets were out and just down and out you know the Spurs had had really made them had disrupted them um, the, the crowd was into it. It just felt like the Spurs had this and that Denver would wilt. I think most people watching it, most fans, do not have the backbone that the Denver Nuggets displayed. The young Denver Nuggets, the eighth youngest team in NBA playoff history, demonstrated in such a moment all momentum against them. They made this lineup switch, and it appeared at that moment that the lineup you know, change had not had an impact. 
But from that moment on, if you just pause the game at the end of the first quarter, from that moment on, Denver responded um, like a kid that was sick of being bullied, so, like like somebody that finally figured out who they were, what it takes to win, and just the belief in themselves. And it, it, in so many ways, it was actually a really beautiful game in, in the, the overall arc of the story of this team. It's a moment I think we'll all, as we look back on this team years from now, I think it's a game that we'll kind of always remember. There's certain games that kind of fade and, you know, fade over time, but this is one of those ones where I think you'll say, oh, remember when they were down 12, down down 2-1 and on the road, and they were down 12 points, and then they just rallied back through toughness and grit and execution and defense, um, and, and that's what they did. So one of the stories of this game was that um, Denver, I think, able to space the court a little bit better. They shot almost 50% from the three-point line. And because of that, Nikola Jokic was able to play a lot more one-on-one against Jakob Pertl, who Jakob Pertl has done a great job of disrupting Jokic and making things hard for him. As much as Jokic has played well, you know, Jakic per- Jakob Pertl has sort of limited him uh, and allowed the Spurs to get away with some of the things they've done defensively. Well, now you force him to play one-on-one without a constant double team and triple team. And what does Jokic do? He goes out and picks up, gives Jok- uh, Jakob Pertl two early fouls. He gets to the free throw line more than any other point in this game. Eight for eight from the free throw line. So I think that the more Denver can knock down shots, and I said this after game one, the more Denver can knock down shots, the less San Antonio can guard Jokic one-on-one, and the more Jokic can look like Shaquille O'Neal. He's putting up a Shaquille O'Neal-level stat line, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 0 turnovers, a team-high plus 17, and he played 39 minutes at one point. It was like at one point I think it was 32 and a half minutes out of 36. Jokic, people talk about is he out of shape? You know, question these. You can't question that anymore. He played a ton of minutes and he played him at a high level. Every even at the end when he was in there, he was knocking down buckets, getting defensive stops. He was just really really good. Uh, I've talked about Will Will Barton came into this game. What's kind of ironic is. The storyline was how that Tory Craig, I think he's storyline number one, just how well he played. But Will Barton was actually the first guy. He checks in after being benched. And I thought he was actually the spark that got Denver going again, especially in that second quarter. He had seven points, uh, or, or he was a plus seven in that second quarter. Um, I can't remember how many points. I think maybe maybe eight points or something like that in that quarter. Um, he... Uh, you know, this was a obviously a tough one for him. After the game, he had a quote. I was not there for it. The way it works, you know, the locker room is open, but so is the podium. And kind of the key players come to the podium and talk. Well, with just one of me, you know, there to cover for Denver Stiffs, um, I stayed with the podium. I wanted to get Malone, Popovich, Jokic, Jamal. You know, those are the guys I wanted to see. Um, BSN Denver was reporting, um, and, and fantastic reporters over there. I don't think they would publish something that could be misconstrued. So I, I assume that the tone of the comment Will Barton gave is was exactly how he intended it. That was something to the effect of, you know, I told coach face-to-face that I disagreed with the decision. At some point, my shot would, would fall, and I disagreed with the, the decision. I can't help but take it personally that they benched me. Now, a couple things here. One... I don't. I. I. I what I. The mistake I, I see in that. This is a bad look from Will Barton. There's no question about it. Um. I. What I think is bad about it is that he didn't keep those things in house. Not that he didn't feel that way. I know a lot of people. People put on cancer uh, on on like Reddit and on Twitter. Like, oh, he's a cancer. This is proof that he's a cancer. Will Barton hit a three pointer in that second quarter to start the run. And if you go back and watch it, the entire bench jumps up, and it was like they all felt how important that moment was. I think it was his first 
shot. It was a three-pointer, and it started. It sparked a run from down 12 to ultimately tying the game going into the half. You know, he's not a cancer. Now, was that a bad moment? Absolutely. I think it's a really bad moment to let that out. Um, but to say that, oh, he shouldn't have felt that way, you guys don't understand how these guys are wired. He absolutely, I'm not surprised at all that he felt that way, but he needs to control his emotions enough to not let that out of the house, um, so to speak. I'm going to ask him about that at practice on Monday, and I want to hear, and it'll be, you know, report it honestly, maybe even share the video if I get it. I want to know how he really feels and, and see how he handles himself there, because first of all, he's the only person on earth that doesn't think this was the right call. He was not playing well. You know, I think the injury and some of the stuff that's happened in the season, you know, makes up for, or makes sense or whatever. Whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is he has been a huge anchor on the series and really an anchor on the team for the final month. And so for him to take a reduced role, um, you know, I, I would much rather he at least publicly embrace that. So uh, I, I wanted to talk about that because I think it was important to kind of um, to highlight how bad of a look that was for him. But he sparked that run. I, what was ironic was I thought he sparked that run and he hit a couple big time shots. Now in classic Will Barton fashion, you know he goes three for three to start the game and then he heat, heat checks like four in a row. So he could have had a great percentage, but instead he ends up with a terrible one. I think he was three for ten. In large part that was because he just started forcing some ugly ones. Um, but that spark, I can't tell you how important it was to kind of get that spark going. Um, and then when the starters checked back in, it was a whole different ball game and, and they took it from there. So um, one. One of the nice things about this game was it was such a it, it was such a all around great performance from so many different people. Um, Jokic and Millsap started the second together, and and part of this is rotation stuff. You know the Spurs' bench unit is not very good. Um, Denver throwing out what who I think are their two best players, or certainly two of their three best players to start the second. To me, there's almost no coincidence that the Nuggets were able to go on on that big run. There were some big shots made, but you're talking about you know, a, a great unit versus a bad one. And one of the things when like 538 projects who should win a series and Denver was such an overwhelming favorite, um, even going into game four, Denver, I think was still like a 58%. They projected them to win the series 58% of the time, even being down to one. One of the reasons for that is that you project in the playoffs, your starters, your, your best players will play more minutes. Well, that hadn't been the case for every game in this series. Jokic playing a little bit more like 36 you know, but to get him up to 39 of the first 44 minutes, that's or 45 minutes, that's so huge. I think Jokic needs to play 39 minutes every single game the rest of the series or more. Uh, I think he can handle it. Having two days off, being at home, I think he can handle it. Being on national television with those long TV timeouts, um, I just think he can handle it. And then clearly the performance that he had, he didn't look slowed down at all. But being able to play Jokic against those lineups, um, that's that's a huge, huge positive in Denver's favor. Another lineup, and, and actually Will Barton sparked that run, but that unit you know, was a slight positive. What, where they really came back and clawed back, and this is an adjustment that Malone made a little bit that I think um, he needs to stick with. You know, Mason Plumlee played 11 minutes in this game, not very many, below, you know, what he typically would play, especially in such an important game. Instead, Malone opted to go with a lot of four-guard lineups, Jokic and four guards. The lineup that made the big run, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig basically at the four, and, you know, Rudy Gay, Davis Bertans, those guys aren't going to beat you so much with size. Um, so you can add a lot of athleticism. Craig, Barton, and Harris, a lot of athleticism on the wings. The Spurs struggled with athleticism, but also just spacing. And, again, we talk about the Spurs have been effective by doubling Jokic in the post. Well, you give them four guards to play with, and you're really, pick, you're really risking it. You know, you help off of Millsap. It's one thing to say, oh, Millsap's not going to hit a bunch of threes. 
Torrey Craig might actually hit five threes and, and, you know, he does it like he did in this game and Denver's not going to just win a little, they're going to win by a lot. Um, so, uh, so I thought that was huge in the second half. De- so Denver ties the game in that second half, Denver, it's funny after the game, uh, Mark Kisla asked something about this was a balls on the table and, and Malone really loved that and even used that on, on NBA TV. He said, yeah, this, I did think there was a lot of balls on the table, but it's funny. That actually is a way to kind of describe it in the third quarter. And in the second half as a whole, I thought Denver really like rolled up their sleeves and, and like went toe to toe, like just step. It was like stepping up to the bully and saying, yeah, you think you're better than us. We think we're better than you. And like, let's, you know, we're about to give you, you've given us your best shot. We're about to give you our best shot. And what was that best shot? It was the, it was an absolutely dominant quarter from the Nuggets. Um, 37 to 25, they outscored them after outscoring them 32 to 20 in the second quarter. That was, that was a balls on the table, uh, a, a table half. Torrey Craig hit a couple of buzzer beating threes and, you know, as much as Torrey Craig's not going to shoot five of seven every night, I, I do think Torrey Craig can be like as good of a shooter as um, Will Barton. Will Barton three for three from behind the three point line in this game. Torrey Craig five of seven. So combined, you get eight of ten, which that's not sustainable. But given the looks that they get, I think I think you can expect them to shoot forty percent on those looks, and that alone might be enough for them to to, to space the court properly. But what? Um, but Torrey Craig, he's good enough that if teams are going to leave him wide open, he's going to get rhythm shots, and every now and then he will knock those down. But there was a handful of just back-breaking, great pass, seven, eight pass possessions in the half court that ended with a Torrey Craig getting the ball with three seconds left and shooting it, and those ones are just so um, demoralizing. The run that really put this game away. Torrey Craig hits a buzzer beating three. This is the third quarter. A couple plays later, Murray hits a buzzer beater three, and then Jamal Murray gets that backdoor dunk. And that was just, I think it put Denver up like 12 or something like that. And it was just, it was one of those things where Denver had found their groove. The ball was popping. I haven't said that in the playoffs yet. The first one, the ball was popping. And it, it looked like Jokic ball. Um, uh, and, and so it was just a really, really, really good moment uh, for the Nuggets that, um, going into that fourth quarter, we know the Nuggets are something like forty and one uh, on the season when when leading it going into the fourth quarter. They were leading by twelve going into the fourth quarter. You had to feel I didn't want to say anything, but you had to feel confident that Denver could hold on to that lead. And then not only did they hold on to it, but they were able to extend it early on in that fourth quarter. And just what an impressive night from the Nuggets! What an absolutely impressive night. Take a quick break here, but when we get back, I kind of want to grade each player, go quickly over some grades, because one of the things I think it'll illuminate is how much of a well-rounded game this was from everybody and why that, more than anything, is what's so encouraging about the win. hands up some grades from this game because it was an all-around effort i want to start with jamal murray who i personally think jamal murray up until this point had been absolutely terrible in this series now i know he had the 21 point fourth quarter largely off of some very impressive shot making um making tough shots making bad shots but i thought um this was um a gut check game from him because he had to look in the mirror. Jamal Murray, a cocky guy. I mean, we all know that. He, he's, you know, he was strutting. You know, there was a, there was a, just a lot of cockiness and, and self confidence to him in ways that are, I think, mostly positive. But sometimes those guys don't recognize when, hey, you're the reason we lost. 
your guy, Derek White, is the reason that they are that the Spurs are winning games. Well, I thought Jamal Murray coming into this game needed to prove himself, and I thought he did a very, very good job. We mentioned the shot making early on, but he finished 8 of 14, fantastic efficiency. One of the things I worry about with Jamal was he was going to come out in this game and just gun, take a bunch of bad shots and like try to prove, oh, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can outscore him or whatever. That's not what they needed from Jamal. They needed a smart game, and that's what they got. 24 points on 14 shots. That's as efficient as Jamal Murray has looked, um, you know, in a big moment for the Denver Nuggets. Six assists. He was a second only to Jokic in the plus-minus at plus 15. So really, really great performance from him. Defensively, the only mark on him. You know, there's a couple defensive possessions that he still he remains the weak link, uh, I think, defensively on the Nuggets roster. But I give him an A minus. This was a great, great performance from him. And if Jamal Murray plays like this two more times in the series, I feel pretty confident that Denver is going to win the series. Um, Gary Harris gets an A. He uh, close to getting an A plus. The only reason he doesn't get an A plus, it's weird. Gary Harris two of nine, just eight points, um, six rebounds, two assists. That's not a great stat line. The way he defended Derek White, I talked about how Derek White shut down Jamal Murray. That was like a complete shutdown. That's what Gary Harris did to him. He shut down Derek White and turned him back into a player that is exactly who he is. Of I love Derek White. Super high on him. He has flaws. Gary Harris made him look like a player who has flaws. And, um, you know, one of the things you can hang your hat on, Paul Millsap and Gary Harris combined shot 3 of 16. So Denver had some hot shooting. Torrey Craig, 5 of 7. It's not going to happen all the time. But Gary Harris, the flip side of that, he had two three-pointers and nothing else offensively. Um, you have to expect that he could bounce back. Now, maybe guarding Derek White and playing defense is more important than his scoring. You know, maybe he has a nice two-way game in him, especially at home. Um, but that's the only thing that kept him from being an A+. Gary Harris was so important to this team uh, in Game 4, and I thought the job he did, uh, it needs the emphasis that I'm putting on it because it was that good. Torrey Craig, <laughs> what what could I get? What grade could I possibly give him besides an A+. Um, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 0 turnovers, 2 steals, 1 block, 5 of 7 from the 3-point line and 6 of 9 from the field. He picked his spots incredibly well. He did a good job of just all of the little details he did and then guarded DeMar DeRozan fantastic. He was a two-way player. Um, and I don't mean that as a two-way G League in the NBA. He was played both ends of the court, offense, defense, at such a high level. You could not have asked for more from a player in his situation stepping into his first playoff start and really his first start in several months. Um, not enough can be said about him and, and, and the performance that he did. Paul Millsap. He had to be minus. Um, I thought defensively, you know, Aldridge was able to work him pretty good. Um, and, and on the offensive end, one to seven shooting, not not his best shooting night, just two points. But that's still Millsap's game is disguised, I think, quite a bit by you know all the little stuff he did. So he still had a really solid game. He didn't really make any mistakes, but um, at the same time, I, I can't give him a higher grade than a B minus just because he didn't shoot the ball and because Aldridge, especially when guarded by Paul Millsap, really got going. Nikola Jokic gets an A+. I mean, Malone kind of laughed after the game and said, I feel bad I never mentioned Nikola because you just expect this from him now. 29 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. It's zero turnovers. Think about how much he handled the ball. He played 39 minutes. He had the ball in his hands all the time. He did not have a turnover. 29 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Absolutely absurd performance for a guy that 
um, is is well on his way to putting up uh, a historic first playoff series if he can keep up this pace, and I think he can. Uh, knock on wood, I think he can. Will Barton gets a B minus. I mentioned that first st- stretch, the first five minutes he was on the court were so important for the Nuggets and. Played with confidence, played hard, played with aggressiveness. Um, but after that, you know, he finished three of ten for a reason. He he took a bunch of really really ill advised shots and and kind of fell off. He was a plus five in this game, and that's really important. That the that the Nuggets starting unit was basically all double digit um, positives, and then he off the bench could be a positive as well. Twelve points, four rebounds, two assists, only fifteen minutes. But I think 15 is sort of what he deserves. Um, if he continues to play like this, I still think he probably only needs 15 minutes per game. The, the Nuggets just – maybe this will change in future series, although I think Denver should stick with this lineup, the starting lineup, even in future series. But, um, you know, I, I, I think I, – I still think a B-minus performance is solid for him, and Denver's going to win with a B-minus or better effort from him. If he can get them an A performance, he can just be a little smarter with his shot selection and maybe knock down one or two more of those shots at the rim. He just His finishing at the rim is completely gone this season, I think, with that injury. But if he can do that, you know, he can have an A game. But for him, my expectations for him have lowered so much that it's just be smart, knock down a couple shots, and guard your guy. And off of the bench, there's easier guys to guard, um, and I think that fits him as well. He's not a strong defender, I don't think, either. Monte Morris gets an A from me. Um, he needs to start hitting that uh, mid-range pull-up shot. The the Spurs are giving it to him. I've talked about that with Jamal Murray, but Monte Morris, I think, maybe as good, if not better, at the floater and the mid-range pull-up. He plays 16 minutes tonight, goes 5 of 8, gets 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, he did have 3 turnovers, which is kind of wild. But, um, you know, I thought he I think he gets an A. He did a very solid job. Malik Beasley gets a B+. Um, not the loudest night from him, 2 of 7 from the floor. So... For him, 104 from the three-point line, that's a little bit off. Seven points, four rebounds, two assists. But again, in somewhat limited minutes, he he wasn't a negative by any means, so he gets the B+. Mason, B-. minus. He was a guy that, again, this series probably not for him, and I'm not sure... I've alluded to this a little bit. I'm not sure the playoffs are for him. The playoffs get a little bit faster, leaner, smaller, and as good as he is... There's not a you, you want to play Jokic 39 40 minutes. You want to play Paul Millsap a ton of minutes um, and even have those guys, one of those two guys on the court almost at all times. That means Mason Plumlee is going to be almost exclusively in two big lineups. And I just don't know that the Nuggets are going to do that for more than 10 or 11 minutes per game. Um, so he was okay, but I, you know, that's what I'd give him. And then lastly, Michael Malone, a, I, I give him a solid A. Um, this adjustment with Will Barton came too late. You can make the case that it should have come in the regular season. Now, one thing, fans always throw, just like I talked about where fans are like, he's a cancer, you got to get rid of him. You guys don't, here's the one thing, you don't, you don't know the team. You guys are projecting things onto Michael Malone, more so than myself, I, I think I know, you know, I see behind the curtain 10 times more than the average fan, and Michael Malone sees 100 times more than I see in my limited access behind. The one thing I don't question Michael Malone on, I think he has the pulse of his team. Now, could, in a vacuum, could Malone have benched Barton after game two? I think yes. I think he could have. But a couple things. It's funny. I I talked to Matt Moore about this. Playing, the Spurs are a great home team. Game three, the first home game, Denver's odds of winning that specific road game, I think, are pretty low. You make a lineup change in that moment, there's a couple variables. One, it's probably tougher than game four will be. So the odds of it, you know, blowing up in your face and maybe the team panicking are are, are probably bigger. Um, But then also just 
you know, you stick with a team all year and, and you have this lineup set and then you change it two games into the playoffs. There's a lot of, you know, is the risk worth the reward? And I think that Malone probably, I think if they would have switched earlier in game three, Denver's odds of winning that game go up quite a bit. But if Denver were to have lost that game, I think the fallout from that would have been significantly worse than what I think casual fans sort of um, understand. So Malone, I think, made the right choice by making the lineup adjustment. I think not just that lineup of adjustment, but playing a little bit smaller, playing Jokic the amount of minutes. Um, the the Twitter thread that I had out there, there's one play that I thought was just masterful from Malone um, to describe it. You kind of have to see the play, but... The Nuggets run this little like wedge action for Jokic where he'll he'll get a cross screen from a guard. In this case, it was Gary Harris. And that cross screen, there's usually two reads that Jokic makes. If if he feels like he can post up, he'll just take the cross screen and and post up on the block or, or maybe a little bit outside of the block, mid post. Um, if he can't kind of hold the defender behind him, sometimes what he'll do is he'll use that screen, go above the screen, and then right into a ball screen because it's hard to explain, but the, the big defending him will go under the screen and then try to jam him in three-quarter court, uh, front him from the outside and, and take away the easy entry pass. So Jokic will anticipate that. The defender goes under the screen. Jokic goes over and right into a ball screen because then the defender is not in position to guard the ball screen. Well, what the Nuggets did, and I have to think this was a design from Malone. If it was a read from Jokic, I mean, he's more of a genius than I thought. I have to think it was more of a, a play by um, Malone, like kind of an audible to use the Spurs' tendencies against them. Jakob Pertl goes under that screen, and rather than use the screen, Jokic jumps all the way up to set sort of a flare screen on Millsap's guy. Millsap runs a pick and roll up at the top, so Aldridge kind of shows. Jokic picks Aldridge's guy, and Jamal Murray gets the ball to Paul Millsap for a wide-open free-throw line jumper. It was just a beautiful play design, and there was just a lot of little moments like that, I thought, in this game that Malone did a great job. So for me, he gets an A. Um, You you could probably even give him an A-plus for this game. He was absolutely fantastic, and um, unlike most fans, I think he he has a good pulse on what this team needs and the timing for when they needed it. Great game. I can't overstate enough what a big win this one was. Um, Denver now with an opportunity to, you know, they regain home court, but an opportunity to go up 3-2 against this Spurs team. And I think blowing that big first quarter was a really demoralizing loss for the Spurs. They felt like a dejected team. Um in their post-game commentary following Game 4. Denver can build on that. I think Denver's confidence should be at an all-time high, and I just feel like Denver finally rediscovered. It wasn't just a quarter. It wasn't just a half. It was three quarters of basketball that they sort of rediscovered their identity and did exactly what, at their best, they were capable of doing. At their best throughout the season, what they were capable of doing. They did that finally in the playoffs for three quarters, and I think the momentum carries over. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back all week with new episodes tomorrow. A great 45-minute conversation with Matt Moore that touches on a wide variety of subjects and I think everybody's going to enjoy. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, check out on Twitter. There's some some really cool uh, videos that I posted on some tiny details that are best kind of explained through video. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.